This is Zoe Church LA. We're not just fans, but rather followers of Jesus. Tune in as Pastor Chad Veach teaches of God's love and how we can live a Zoe life, an abundant life. John chapter 1, verse 35. You have a Bible, go there. I'm going to read some verses and then I'll explain where we're going from there. John chapter 1, verse 35. Brand new series today, God has a plan. Again, the next day, John stood with two of his disciples. And looking at Jesus, as he walked, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him speak, and, and they followed Jesus. Then Jesus turned, and seeing them following, he said to them, what, what do you seek? They said to him, Rabbi, where are you staying? He said to them, Well, come, and I'll show you. Come and see. They came and saw where he was staying and remained with them that day. Now, it was about the 10th hour. One of the two, one of the two heard John speak and followed him was Andrew. Now, Andrew is Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother, Simon, and said to him, we have found the Messiah, which is translated the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Can I just encourage you today, if you are already a follower of Jesus, once you find Jesus, isn't it fascinating that the first thing you want to do is go find somebody and bring them to Jesus? And we can just start today's message by saying, who are you bringing to Jesus? Because Andrew found Jesus, and it says, and he brought him, his brother, to Jesus. Now when Jesus looked at his brother, Simon, he said, you are Simon, the son of Jonah. You shall be called Cephas, which is translated a stone. I love this story in John chapter 1. I love this story beginning our series. God has a plan that Jesus looks at this man and says, I know your name is Cephas, but come down the road just a little bit of time. I'm going to change your name. You're going to be called Cephas, which means stone. This is an unbelievable story in the scriptures. It's a story found in the gospel of John where John the Baptist had just been the one kind of declaring, or as the Bible says, a voice crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord. John the Baptist was the forerunner. Uh, in our world, he's the club promoter, but he's not promoting the club. He's promoting Jesus. And um, he's been declaring Jesus is coming. When he sees Jesus, he is so awestruck that he can't like, you ever see a famous person and you want to be cool? Like, you know, like, oh, there's Kobe. <laughs> but like, you're like, oh my gosh, there they are. John sees Jesus and he goes, behold. The Lamb of God that takes away the sins. He was so excited when he saw him. He was so enthusiastic about this. that These two guys, these two followers, they begin to, along with John, follow Jesus. Now, when Andrew makes the realization, this guy is the Messiah. This truly is Christ, the Son of God. He makes the realization. Then he goes and he gets his brother, Simon, and he brings them to Jesus. That's what I want to talk about today is the in interaction and the encounter that Simon has his first time meeting and encountering Jesus. I want to preach a message today. If you're taking notes, you can just write down the title of our series, which is just called God Has a Plan. And I want to pray one more time that God will speak to us and encourage us today and uh, believe that God will do something powerful in our life. If you're married right now when we pray, why don't you just grab your spouse's hand and we're gonna believe together that God will speak to us. If you're single, you can hold your own hand. <laughs> Some of you got excited like, oh shoot, it's my opportunity. Hold your own hand. Okay, how you like them apples? Hold your own hand. Noon o'clock. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for our church. Thank you for these days that we can gather and be encouraged and strengthened by your word. God, we are declaring to ourselves. 
that you are good and gracious and kind and loving. We love you so much, God. Thank you for your patience and your faithfulness. We acknowledge who you are today. Open up our eyes so we can see Jesus. Open up our ears so we can hear the Holy Spirit. Do what only you can do in these moments. We're thanking you for it. God, every week we are praying that the Los Angeles Rams will win the Super Bowl this year. God, we know it's going to take a miracle just like angels in the outfield. So do what you can, Lord. Do what you can. We declare in Jesus' name and everybody said together. And everybody said together. Go Rams, okay? Um, I don't know if you're this type of person. Let me just see your hand. If you are in this category, I don't know if you still have cable TV, whether it be direct or Xfinity or whatever you use. But anybody here today, you um, you DVR things. Let me just see if you you're still a DVR er er er. I still DVR stuff. Okay, I DVR um, in particular one sports program. I've been DVRing it for years. I, it comes on every day, three o'clock on ESPN called PTI. Pardon the interruption. I DVR it every single week. I'm a DVR fan when it comes to like the Grammys or the Oscars. I want to watch them. Um, but also, in main, main thing I DVR is sports games. Like I want, I'm that dude that like I DVR an important sports game and I'm the guy that I don't want anybody to tell me the score because I DVR'd it. Do you know this person? Don't nobody tell me the score because I'm DV. So someone all getting excited about the game and I'm like, no, nobody tell me the score because I, I DVR'd it. You ever meet that guy that loves to be the spoiler? You ever meet that guy that's like, oh, you DVR'd it? Do you want to, do you want to know? I'm like, no, I'm good. Thanks. He's like, oh, but do you want to, do you want to know? And I'm like, I already answered it. No, I, I don't. I don't want to know. And they, they can't help themselves. Like they have to tip their hat of like, oh, they give you some insight, some statement, some passing phrase that kind of lets you know what's going on. And I'm like, that's what I didn't want. I don't want the spoiler. I didn't want to know what's going on. This is my beef that I have with going to the movies these days. Anybody love to go to the movies? I love to go to the movies. Going to the movies is one of my favorite things. I'll take my wife to the movies. We'll pay the $200 to get in. <laughs> Grab my wife, my boot thing, my squeeze. We go to the movies. I get the popcorn, the soda, the Twizzlers, the milk duds. I get the peanut M&Ms. Now, why would you have popcorn by itself when you could throw peanut M&Ms into the popcorn Shekinah? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's how we do it at the movies. So we're at the movies. My beef that I have with going to the movies these days is the previews. Y'all watch the previews? The previews is the worst part of going to the movies to me because when you watch the preview, you are watching the whole movie. They are showing you everything that's going to happen in this movie. You are going to see every character, who lives, who dies, who gets married, who gets divorced, every, every part of the movie. I'm like, I just watched. How can I watch the movie now? I just watched it in three minutes. The whole thing was right there. I want to preach today about how God has a plan for your future. What I love about God is that God cannot show you your tomorrow until you fulfill and walk through your today. God never spoils the alert. God never shows you what he has down the road because this life of a Christian, of a believer, is to walk by faith. The Bible says the just shall live by faith. In him we live and we move and we have our being. There's something about walking day by day, trusting and believing God in the future. We follow God because not only is he good, but he has good things in store for those who love him and are called according to his purposes. Is anybody grateful today that God has a plan? Put your hands together and thank him if you're grateful that God has a plan. 
Even if we don't know it, we know that he does have a plan. I love this story in John chapter one. It's, it's the genesis. It's the beginning of, of Peter encountering Jesus. He has this interaction, this encounter. And the first time that Peter meets Jesus, what does Jesus do? Jesus meets Simon and he speaks destiny over him. He speaks calling over Peter. He speaks future over him. Why? Because even though this is the first time that they've met, it's not the first time that God had made a plan. God already knew what he had for Simon. He already knew the end. You have to understand this about God. Our God is the Alpha and he's the Omega. He's the beginning, but he's the end. He is the author, come on church, but he's the finisher. Our God knows how to start things, but rest believe that our God knows how to finish things. He knows how to see things through the end. That this is the beginning of the life of Peter, and this is the Genesis, but can I just fast forward and spoil alert and tell you how the life ends? This is where Peter meets God, but at the end of Peter's life, can I tell you Peter would end up preaching the first sermon in the history of the church, and 3,000 people get saved. Peter would end up writing two books of the Bible. Peter would end up being used by God to bring the Holy Spirit to the Gentiles, an ostracized people group. People, uh, Peter would end up being the person that was actually in the upper room on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit come. Peter had fulfilled all that God had intended for his life. And even though this is the beginning, how many know that there were some peaks and some valleys, some ups and some downs, some twists and some turns, but in the end, Peter walked out all that God had planned for his life. I want to tell you today, the life of Peter is proof that God has a plan. God has a plan. Even though maybe today is your first encounter with Jesus, God has known you all the days of your life. God has a plan for your life. The life of Peter we can see as a model for our lives just the same. In fact, I'm gonna give you a few things, four things to write down today to encourage you and write down the first one. I wanna tell you today that he sees me as I'm supposed to be. Jesus sees Peter and he doesn't see just a loud mouth. He doesn't see just a goofball. He doesn't see just this guy that owns a fishing company. He sees Peter not as he is, but as he's supposed to be. Can I encourage you today? Don't let people speak to you like you're inferior when you've got someone superior that tells you you're better. God doesn't see you as you are. You might be in this state with this struggle, with this situation. You might be here, but God sees you there. God sees your full calling, your full potential, all that he has planned, all that he has destined. God does not see where you are. He sees where you're going. He sees all that he has planned. There's destiny. Oh, I love Psalm 139. Watch these beautiful words. This is David writing about God. Watch what he says. He says, your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them. Every one of what? Every one of the days that were formed for me when as yet there was none of them. What's he saying? He's saying, God, you saw every day of my life, every season, every year, even before I lived one of the days. God has a plan and he knows what you're supposed to be. He knows your future. He knows your calling. He knows God doesn't look at you the way other people look at you. Other people look at your mess. They look at your situation. They look at where you are. They look at the, the struggles and, and even though the struggle is real, God sees who you're supposed to be. I love this beautiful story in the Old Testament. It's a story about a guy named Samuel who's a prophet and a king named Saul. This Saul king, he, he, he doesn't fulfill God's purposes for his life. And so God says to Samuel, we're going to raise up a new king. So he says, go to Jesse's house. At Jesse's house, 
you'll find my new king. So he goes to this guy's Jesse house. Jesse has all these sons. So he goes to Jesse's house and he goes, hey, God wants the new king to come from one of your sons. So this guy brings in Samuel the prophet and he starts letting him go through his sons. The first son is like the smart, like Amazon Google guy. He's like, ah, it's not the Amazon Google guy. And the next one's like the athlete, like the Gronkowski one. He's like, ah, it's not the Gronk. He goes through all the good look. It's the model one, like mm, Zoolander 4. He's like, no, it's not the model kid. So he goes through all the sons and, and, and Samuel's like, none of these are the guys. So he goes to the to the guy, the father, Jesse, he's like, do you have any more sons? He's like, yeah, 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 we got this one, this my one son, the youngest, he's like a youth, he's not really all that, he's not the Gronk or the Google or the, you know, he's not, he's nothing. And, and Samuel said, can I see him? And when he lays eyes on David, God speaks to his heart. Watch what God says. He says, Samuel, man looks at the outward appearance, but God, I look at the heart. Be encouraged today that God sees you as you're supposed to be. God sees your calling. God sees your potential. God sees your future. God does not look at where you are. He looks at where you're going. Come on, is anybody grateful today that God knows what you're supposed to be? Come on, God saw Simon. He said, you're a stone. I know this is our first encounter, but we got plans for you. And what I love about God is that God, he just stays committed to the plan. Would you write down number two? He's committed to the plan. God just says, no matter what you do, I'm going to stay the course. I'm going to see it through. I'm going to be faithful to the plan. In other words, let me encourage you today. There is no plan B that God has for your life. You cannot, you can turn your back on God. You can rebel from God. You can try and do your own thing, but it's not going to change God's mind. God is not a man that he should change his mind. The Bible says in Malachi, I, the Lord, your God, I do not change. God has set his mind and set his face. This is the purpose of your life. This is the plan that I have. This is the calling that I have. And come hell or high water, I'm going to be faithful to be committed. You can be uncommitted, that's fine. But I'm going to stay committed the all way through. Come on, anybody thankful today that even if you wander, even if you turn your back, God says, I'm going to be faithful. You know, there were seasons in Peter's life when he was not faithful to the plan. God sees him and encounters him. Calling, potential, but you know, just like the rest of us, Peter had times, you know, there was one time that Peter stopped following God closely. He actually followed from a distance, Matthew chapter 26. There was one time in Peter's life that he got really fleshly and Jesus had to look at him and rebuke him and he actually called him the devil. There was other times in Peter's life when he was trusting God and he walked on water. There was other times in Peter's life when he dropped and he stopped trusting and he sank in water. No matter what though, God never changed his mind. God never stopped being committed. You have to understand that even when you get uncommitted, God, he ups his commitment. He says, I'm going to pursue you. I'm going to be relentless. I'm going to be ferocious and tenacious. I'm a committed God. You have to understand God's plans are different than our plans. When I make a plan, I say, hey, today, I, I plan on going to Starbucks to get a coffee. I'm going to go to Starbucks. I'm going to get a tall pipe with an ad shot and a little bit of cream. Shekinah. That's what I'm going to do today. I'm planning on going to Starbucks. Now, if I say I'm planning on going to Starbucks, what I really mean is if my kids behave and my wife lets me and everything works out, I'm going to make it to Starbucks. I'm planning on going to Starbucks. Now, that's different than God's plan. When God says I'm planning something, he means he's planning something. It means nothing can get in the way. Nothing can stop him. Nothing can distract him. He is pl God's plans are different than our plans. He's committed to the plan. 
You ever make plans with someone these days and you make plans to meet up and you know their character, so you know that you're wondering if they're gonna meet up with you at that time? So you text them, you say, hey, tomorrow at noon, let's meet up, but you know, you don't know if they're gonna show up, so you text them four times to see if they're gonna show up. Like you text them, hey, I'm on my way. Hey, I'm five minutes out. Hey, I'm pulling up, because you know there is a good chance that they're not showing up. Don't point at them, don't judge them in the church. See people point at their friends like sucker. God has made and committed to a plan. God just is different. He's not like us. No matter what you do, you can turn your back, you can rebel, you can say no, you can reject, you can do whatever you want. But God says, this is the plan, this is the calling, and I'm sticking to it. He is committed to being a faithful God. No matter what you do, no matter where you go, no matter what you look at, what you touch, what you say, God says, this is the plan. Anybody thankful today that you cannot get the plan or the calling of God revoked from your life? Come on, you can make some noise and be thankful for that. The Bible says in Romans that the gifts and the calling of God is irrevocable. You can get your license revoked. You can get your visa taken away. You can get your membership to a clubhouse taken away, but you can't get your plan taken away. God says, this is your call. This is your purpose. This is your plan. And I'm committed. Even when you're uncommitted, I'm still committed. Even when you're unfaithful, I'm still faithful. Come on, one more time. Let's put our hands together and let's thank Jesus for being committed to the plan. And can I tell you why? You know why God's so committed? Here's the reason why. It's because God has made such a great plan. Write down number three. His plans are great plans. These are not ordinary plans. These are not bad plans. These are not like, well, it might be an okay, like kind of cool plan. No, these are such great plans. These are phenomenal, incredible plans plans. We just got back from Hawaii. I was just in Hawaii on vacation. My father-in-law took all of Julia's sisters and the families on vacation. Now, let me just say this. My father-in-law, he paid for everything, the flights, the hotels, the rental cars. He paid for the, you know, every meal. You ever gone to Costco when someone else is paying for Costco? You know, when I was growing up, we went to Costco for the free samples, okay? You ever walk through Costco when it's someone else's credit card? You walk through like, you get a pair of yay, you get a pair of yay, you get a pair of yay. Well, we was balling in that place. I got more trail mix than I ever wanted to. Like, holler at your boy, you know what I'm saying? Like, I was buying some of the books and the shoes in that thing. The new Steph Curry's was in that place. Chad, stop. That's not fair. Anyways, got him. <laughs> but, um, That was actually such a good call though, right? It was actually paid that. That was such a good call. Just came to my head. Anyways, but, but we went on this trip and, and, and can I tell you, for forever, I don't know how long, forever, Julia and her sisters on her, their dad's credit card have been planning this trip. I mean, they were making plans. They knew where we were gonna stay. They knew what we were gonna do. They knew exactly what they wanted, all the activities forever. But my wife's been buying, you know, like swim trunks for the kids and, and you know, floaty toy, all the stuff. I mean, they had made all these plans and they weren't bad plans. There weren't plans for us to be bored. There weren't plans for us to suffer. They were great plans. They were awesome plans. Let me encourage you today. God has great plans for your life. You might say, well, what is this just feel good talk? No, look at Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, one of the most famous verses in the Bible. Watch what it says. For I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a what? Everybody out loud. And a what? 
and a future. These are the plans that God has. God says, I want to declare the plans I have for you. Now, this is, let's use the law of opposite. The law of opposite would be a God that has plans for your calamity, plans to harm you, plans of evil, plans to suffocate and destroy you. Let, let me just say this, as evil as those attacks were in Orlando last night and this early morning, can I tell you there had to have been a few guys that got together and they were secretive with their attack. They hid through some codes in the text messages and cryptid messages and they got everything together and they were stealth and they had plans for evil and that's why they kept it on the low and then they attacked. Our God is the opposite. God gets out with a megaphone and says, I have plans and I'm gonna declare them. I'm not keeping them a secret. I'm not being hard to find. I'm coming out and saying, I've got a future for you. I've got a hope for you. I've got potential for you. I've got destiny for you. I got purpose for you. Come on, anybody thankful to day that God has great plans for your life. So great plans. These are awesome plans. The plans of the Lord. Plans for you to prosper. Plans for you to be fulfilled. Plans for you to have a Zoe life. Plans for you to have an abundant life on this earth. God did not have plans for you to be bored and to be destroyed and for you to be, you know, stuck in a sin cycle or an addiction or a sin pattern or feeling lonely or depressed or isolated. God didn't have plans for you to be by yourself. God said, I have made such great plans. If you could only get a glimpse, I see where you're going. I see your potential. I see what's inside of you. Nobody else in your world may see it, but I see, I see who you can become. I see the end. You might be here in the beginning, but I'm going to see you all the way through, and I see your future. I see all the things inside of you. I see I'm calling out greatness. I have a friend recently that went to a birthday party for a bunch of kids, and this guy said he went to the birthday parties, all these kids there, and he said this one guy, kind of a bigger dude, walked up to him, and um, he said he'd never met the guy before, complete stranger, walked up to him, he goes, hey, how long do you think you can hold your breath underwater? And my friend's like, ah, uh, Minute, probably, I don't know, minute. He's like, one minute, you think that's it? Come on, jump in the pool, let's do it. I was like, this is so awkward. This is a kid's birthday party. And, you know, small man here wants to challenge me at this swim thing. So he gets in the pool with the guy and the guy's like, do it right now, let's go. Right now, one minute, let's go. Let's see how you do it. So he's like, I got in the pool, I go underwater. I'm underwater for one minute, it's all I got. So the guy would eventually say when he came up, he said, you know, actually, and he kind of changed his tone. He said, actually, I, I bet you could do four minutes. The guy's like, I just gave you everything I got right there. That's it's one minute. It's, it's what I got. It's what I'm bringing to the table at this kid's party. One minute. The guy's like, no, you can do four minutes. And the guy began to teach him how it's actually psychological that you think that you can't and you need air but he actually, by the end of the birthday party, he taught my friend how to hold his breath for four minutes underwater. He saw potential and saw the future of what this guy was actually able to do. So many of us, we don't even see greatness in ourselves. So many of us, we can't even see the future that God has. So many of us, we see us in our, in our brokenness, in our state, in the, in the worst being, and we don't think God has greatness. God does not see you as you are. He sees you as you're supposed to. He has such a great plan for your life, and he is committed to it. You might be here today and going, well, this all sounds great, but I have no idea how in the world could I ever get God's plan for my life. That sounds great and all. Preacher guy with extra tight jeans. 
Stop looking. And, uh, but how in the world can I get God's plan and purposes for my life? Let me encourage you and tell you the way and the gateway to access God's plan for your life. Write down the fourth and the last thought today is that number four, would you write down that he unfolds the plan as I follow? I want to invite the worship team to come back, but be encouraged today. As I follow, the plan of the Lord just unfolds for my life. As I, like, in other words, here's Peter, John chapter one. Jesus looks at me and goes, you're Cephas. Your, your name is Rock. Simon's walking up like, oh, bro, I'm here because my brother drug me to church. Thanks a lot. I don't even know who you are. Did you know that Jesus spoke this over Peter that day? Your name is Cephas. I'm going to call you stone. But it wasn't even until Luke chapter 5 that Jesus performs a miracle when Peter's fishing on a boat and they catch all these fish. That's when Peter decided to follow Jesus. Jesus spoke potential and spoke future over him long before he followed. But when he began to follow God and he made the decision, all of a sudden he started to walk. You know, Peter would become the spokesperson for all the disciples. Peter would become the rock. Jesus looked at Peter in Matthew chapter 16. He said, your name is Peter and you are the rock on which I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against the thing I do through and in your life. But all of this could not have happened unless he just made the decision to say, I'm going to follow Jesus. We live in a society and a world that is obsessed with books and pep talks and YouTubes and all kinds of motivational speakers that says, show me the plan for my life. What's the plan? What's, what am I, what am I put on this earth to do? I talked to someone recently and they did a survey amongst young people, amongst teenagers. And they said, if you could ask God one question, one question to ask God, what would the question be? And every one of the teenagers over 90% said, if I could ask God one thing, it would be why in the world do I exist on this planet? Most of us are wondering, what's the plan? What's the purpose? What's my calling? Why do I exist? How will I survive? And all God is interested in is you just saying yes to follow Jesus. Most of us are obsessed with the plan, but God is obsessed with the person of Jesus. And I'm just here to tell you today, may we never be a church that is in love with the plans of God, but we are always in love with the person of Jesus. God has a plan and his name is Jesus Christ. He is the person. He is the savior. He is the same. He is our Lord. He is our, come on, anybody thankful today that Jesus is in our world? Simply is the decision. So I'm gonna follow God. And as I follow God, God unfolds his plan and his purpose. Some of you today are frustrated because your plan did not match God's plan. Can I encourage you today? God's plan is way better than your plan. Some of you discouraged because you're going like, I don't know what God's plan is for my life. The plan that God has for your life is for you to follow Jesus. And as you follow the son, all of a sudden, God just makes his perfect will known to your life. Say, oh, I'm supposed to do that. Oh, I'm supposed to be in relationship here. Oh, I'm supposed to be at church. I, this is supposed to be my church. Oh, those are supposed to be my people. Oh, I'm supposed to be kind to this person. Oh, God, and just every single day, God begins to unfold and show you a little bit more of the plan that he has. But you cannot get the plan unless you make the decision to follow. Why don't you just stand to your feet today? Read a couple of scriptures to you to encourage you today and 
plans of the Lord for your life. Why don't you look at this first one? Proverbs chapter 4, verse 18. The path of the righteous is like the morning sun shining ever brighter till the full light of day. You know what that Bible's saying? You know what the scripture's saying? It said the path of the righteous, it just shines brighter and brighter every single day. Every step you take, it gets more clear, more abundant, more, I get it, I understand. The path of the righteous gets brighter and brighter. How about Proverbs chapter four, verse 18? Go back to that verse. Or sorry, sorry, the next one, that's my fault. Not your bad, in the back. My fault up here upstage with the microphone and the skinny jeans. This is awkward. Uh, Proverbs 69. A man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his step. Go to the next verse. How about this one? Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. Go to the next verse. I love this one. Surely there is a future, and your hope will not be cut off. This is my favorite one. Romans chapter 12, verse 12. Oh, come on. Be glad for all God is planning for you. Be patient in trouble and prayerful always. Come on. Anybody thankful today? that God's planning stuff on your behalf. Come on, he's got a genesis and he's got the end and he's gonna see you all the way through. Thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast. We hope you are inspired and encouraged by the message. To get more information about Zoe Church, check out our website, www.zoechurch.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and the newly added Snapchat under the handle Zoe Church LA. Have a blessed day.